0: What are you doing, uh, um Glory's nursery calls. She's pining for Maya. Oh, disaster. She loves that doll. Uh, yeah, tell me about it. Uh, I don't suppose one of you two could do the
1: honours. I'm waiting for a delivery.
0: Yeah, I could take it in for her. i start on the gastroenterology ward tomorrow, so today will just be a couple of hours induction.
1: Gastroenterology. Tr- wait, hang on, isn't that people's bum pipes and whatnot? Yeah, well...
0: Basically, yeah, you know, intestine, stomach, liver, the old kit and caboodle.
1: The talk of the street. The talk of the street. The talk of the street. The talk of the
0: street. The talk of the street. The talk of the street. talk of the street.
1: Welcome to episode 204 of The Talk of the Street, another official Cornish Street Catch Up Podcast. that thinks it would have made the same noise as George if we'd opened our shed door and found Sean. I'm Gavin.
0: And I'm down a cat.
1: We're down a cat.
0: Yeah. A wee my wee pal. Let my wee pal sweetie cat has gone over the rainbow bridge.
1: <sighs> that was a tough day yesterday. It emotionally, a very tough day. emotionally draining. Yes. And it was wasn't even the cat that I'm most attached to. Yes.
0: You didn't realise how attached you were to the cat until you were taking her to the vet.
1: You don't know how much you love a cat until you're watching it and its last five minutes of life. Thinking, you pure, pure wee shit. You don't know. You don't know what's happening. Uh, oh, God. Heartbreaking.
0: Absolutely heartbreaking. And I was just a wreck because I was sleep deprived.
1: Oh, right enough. Yeah.
0: Because I had to get up and put a child on a bus at 3.30 uh, in the morning. Uh,
1: ass o'clock.
0: Yes. 3.30 in the morning. Dragging the kid up to the school with her suitcase and her backpack and saying "cheerio,"
1: she's off to DC,
0: off to our nation's capital for her eighth-grade
1: school trip. Now, my school trips to my nation's capital didn't require getting up at three thirty in the morning.
0: No, you were a little bit closer.
1: Yeah, half an hour down the motorways
0: <laughs> instead of like eight hundred miles we away. We went
1: to Edinburgh Zoo. I think that was the furthest I ever. went she's like what seven
0: hundred miles away, something like that. Seven hundred, eight hundred, something like that.
1: On a school bus?
0: Uh, no, on a charter bus. Oh, with air conditioning and bathrooms.
1: You wouldn't use the bathroom, though.
0: You, you, ha- you kind of have to sometimes. Well, you wouldn't. You wouldn't poo in it.
1: You wouldn't poop in it because as soon as you open the door, everyone's going to know that you have pooped.
0: Right. That's why you always sit in the front of those buses.
1: Because <laughs> the
0: as far front as possible.
1: Because the the poop aroma <laughs> yes drifts to the back. <laughs> Famously, that's how that moves. Wow, yeah, lucky old Tardom.
0: Yeah, yeah, she's already seen a number of memorials and
1: yeah. I, I checked her on Find My Friends because uh-huh. she's my friend. <laughs> find My Friend uh, last night mm-hmm. about what was it about seven o'clock ish something yeah. like that. She was at the Jefferson Memorial, no doubt being inappropriate. <laughs> Let's hope so, anyway.
0: They were warned not to be inappropriate, especially at the memorials. Especially, like, you know, you you can't... There are always a bunch of boys who are inappropriate at the Vietnam Memorial. But that's that's one especially you really shouldn't be be
1: inappropriate
0: there. And they were also told stories about, apparently, there was a boy... There was a dad whose phone was taken off of him when they were at the Pentagon because the dad was taking pictures inside the Pentagon. And you can't take pictures inside the Pentagon. No. (laughs) They will confiscate your phone and everything else. And And it just
1: so happened they had one of those little micro cameras as well (laughs) from a 1970s spy film. Straight to microfiche.
0: And a boy was banished from... Banished? The Capitol building because uh, he was squeaking his shoes. And when he was told to stop squeaking his shoes, he kept squeaking his shoes. So... And that boy was Bernie Sanders. No,
1: <laughs> <laughs> My shoes were squeaking. I was squeaking my shoes. That's my Bernie Sanders.
0: Yeah, it's rubbish. Yeah, so yesterday she was at the Lincoln Memorial and the Jefferson Memorial. Jefferson in the corner. Yeah, and uh, the Vietnam Memorial. So, like, they were on the
1: memorial trail they
0: were on the yeah and uh it's a
1: korean one that i think was, and, was most moving wasn't it
0: and the korean memorial yeah she and i had a great discussion because i told because she's because i said to her that that was one of my favorites and then i told her that when i was her age the, Cor- the korean war was memorialized by a bench a nice bench like
1: maxine peacock's bench
0: yeah well it cement or marble it was like a marble bench
1: oh a little but still, bit fancy then but it still- was
0: just a bench you know and we had this nice discussion about why that was and why the vietnam memorial was only built because vietnam vets got together and pooled their money and campaigned for it and it's you know we our our country is is not well known for wanting to draw attention to our failures right even if they weren't complete failures yeah. You know, because we didn't technically lose those wars. We just stopped fighting them.
1: <laughs> ah, I think that's the same. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Still, it was nice. It You know, it started a discussion.
1: Well, we've been to DC with, with the, kids. the kids before. Yes. And my memory of the, of that trip was because we like to go at the Graves of the Dead Presidents. Yes. Because who doesn't? No. And DC is our... It's like a board of dead presidents. Well, there are three. Right. Well, there's lots in Virginia as well, for anyway. But um But going to see George Washington in the pissing rain, and the kids were... The, the kids, kids humour us to an extent with our dead president fascination, mm-hmm. but they were in no mood to, to humour us that morning.
0: No, because it was just pouring buckets, and they had these... <laughs> They had these um, plastic ponchos, which were far too big for them. (laughs) And it was just raining and they were miserable, which is funny because like the next day it was also raining, not quite as hard. And we went to see, we went to Arlington and saw Kennedy and Taft. I thought
1: that was the same day.
0: And No, I don't think so. And they were a bit, well, at least one of them was a bit more chuffed there because Taft is Steli's favorite president.
1: Because he's so fat. Yes. Or he was so fat.
0: Yeah, he's not fat anymore.
1: Just stuck in the bath, famously, <laughs> stuck, didn't he?
0: Stuck in the bath, taft. That's the, that's the, all it takes for.
1: <laughs> the, the, for
0: a guy to be Stellie's favorite president. The
1: Vegas Elvis of our <laughs> of her dead presidents. Shall we preamble, my dear?
0: Yes, please.
1: Give us some of that memorialized Cory news.
0: Jude Reardon earned brawny points at home this week by wishing his dad, the director, Paul Rio, a happy birthday on the Insta, calling his dad, quote, the best, end quote. So, Benny and Stella, you are on notice. We both expect you to call us the best on Instagram on our birthdays. I don't this expect that. To- <laughs> well, I do.
1: Well, Mother's Day coming up as well.
0: Yes. Yes. In the United States. Mother's Day in the UK already passed.
1: Yes, I do have restaurant reservations. Do you? hmm Really? Yeah, remember how you didn't for Father's Day? Yeah, well, I have Mother's Day reservations this year. Because I don't want to be driving about Lansing looking for a place to eat.
0: Father's Day is always tough because it's like the week we send the kids to Connecticut. So there's like lots of things going on and you never know really. But I should do better this year.
1: <laughs> now nice, nice that I have... Let us, made a let us
0: all remember, however, that I, I did not take my son out for his birthday until a month after his birthday.
1: <laughs> That'll learn him. Right. A happy birthday to Jude Reardon's <laughs> Yes,
0: happy birthday, Paul. And also
1: happy birthday to our favourite Canadian librarian friend, Oh, yes, Christy happy P. birthday,
0: Christy. Christy's been quite busy researching... Um, oh, yeah, that's rese- a very
1: interesting point. Uh, we were chatting last night. She had uh She's been doing a lot of research onto where... Uh, Sexual assault and rape kits are are held, and you'd assume that hospitals have a plentiful supply of these things, and they really don't. It's mm-hmm. like less than half of the hospitals in Canada, and less than I think forty percent in Ontario, have the necessary kits that are available. And they really should be. They should be. You should just think as a matter of course that, that right. those things are there for for women who need them, mm-hmm. and they're not, and they should be. Yes. So. I encourage everyone if to find out if their local hospital has the necessary kits, and if they yeah. don't, maybe ask why not. Yeah,
0: I remember, was it a couple of years ago? Famously, the someone found like all of these rape kits that hadn't been tested yet in like a closet in Detroit. Yeah, and and worse than the Detroit police were ashamed into actually starting to process those. Yeah, and uh, it, it was quite sad because quite a few of them were raped by the same person and you know if they had been on the ball with this sort of thing maybe some of those wouldn't have happened
1: it's our friend steve his wife is one of the ones that are processing these things now yes because you think that well a a police station Mm -hmm. will have them Mm -hmm. but of course people famously are happy to go to the police in these situations right well they're not no so you know Oh,
0: yeah. The police famously
1: shocking listen to women, right? Exactly. Anyway, anyway, sorry.
0: Anyway, anyway, back back to the news. But yes, do do um. I think we shared Christie's article, yes, yeah. and yes, do do check that out. It's quite shocking. Anyway, Reese Dinsdale, who played Joe McIntyre on the show, will be returning to Corey this time as a director. Obviously not as Joe McIntyre. As Unlucky Joe died drowning dead. on a boat while attempting to fake his own death.
1: Yep. Whilst electrocuting himself with a hairdryer.
0: Right. And then a tram fell on him.
1: <laughs> oh, that was a bit of a tense nightmare there, wasn't it?
0: And then a roof <laughs> fell <falled> on him. <laughs> I and think he started. And then and Gary buried him in the forest.
1: I think we've uh, exhausted that line. <laughs>
0: and finally. Oh, drum roll! Sorry, Sony and Marvel. The real Spider-Man is returning to <laughs> Corey, not Queens. Very good. Jeffrey David Newton is returning to the Cobbles after 25 years away, presumably in Peru with Paddington. Solving <laughs> crimes. People, and giving and, people
1: hard stares.
0: And marmalade. Mm-hmm. The character, played by Martin Hancock, will be on screen this summer.
1: This is super news
0: yes super news of course i just saw him on screen recently because i just watched 24 hour party people and he and also peter gunn from the show are in oh interesting that movie i also saw was him yes 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 he peter gunn was the the farmer who was showing sheep i think too yeah
1: this is this is great news this is a show bringing back an, old an iconic leg- An character. iconic legacy character.
0: Yeah.
1: Back to the show. Right. People have been wanting this for years. Yes. Especially as his stint in the show in classic Corey has has just ended. He was a kind of eco-warrior yes. character climbing trees with Peru. Emily Bishop and, and stuff. But uh, when he started going out with Toya, they were living in a horrid bedsit, so he was trying to get a job. So he got a job working for the government uh-oh working in their uh, unemployment office so he went from being unemployed to working in the unemployment office uh-huh. trying to deal and process and give benefits to other unemployed people right and he became rather too good at his job uh-huh so Toya kind of lost interest in him, and he, and he went off but spider was just a great character and i think this has been this has been the news that Corey fans have been waiting for all year something big something big happening and right it seems to be spider's return yeah and spider and toya obviously having a little bit of history
0: right and, and toya, toya and imran, imran. Mm.
1: supposedly getting married next week mm. well
0: we'll see about he can't come that back
1: quick enough really looking forward <laughs> to this but in my mind he's still
0: yeah he's still
1: like 20 years younger 22 yes. years younger so it's yeah. going to be funny seeing them a more contemporary version of him.
0: Yeah, and and kudos to the show for for getting him back because he's he's had an impressive film career since he was in a Ridley Scott's Kingdom of Heaven as well as Twenty Four Hour Party People <laughs> and another of that other films. Impressive. But I mean, a Ridley Scott film that's that's not something to sneeze at. It's not too shabby. Even though I hate most Ridley Scott movies. I remember that you telling that me that, that all Ridley Scott
1: a. movies were exactly the same.
0: Rubbish, except for the ones that start with an A. <laughs> I
1: quit before like Scott.
0: A- and actually, in fairness, once I finally did see The Last Duel, it there are hard scenes in it, but it wasn't as bad as the House of Gucci. I
1: think he knows how to tell a story. Sometimes. The man knows how to tell he a story. Didn't know
0: how to tell a story in the House of Gucci. <laughs> and that was sad. But anyway, <laughs> that's Cory News.
1: A meandering Cory News. Corey News. With a little bit of opinion thrown in there as well, which, you know.
0: Which, you know, is what you get in the news. I'm only human. A human who hates Ridley Scott. (laughs) And all his films that don't start with an A.
1: I think we'd be our podcast for coffee. (laughs) Thank you to Anonymous for buying us our coffee this week. Ooh, mysterious. Yeah. Just a little reminder, if you put a message in and We'll read it. If, it. And we'll read it out within reason.
0: Yeah. Especially if you also hate Ridley Scott.
1: <laughs> Particularly so. <laughs> yeah, and if you allow your name to be publicly known, we will we will credit you for it mm-hmm. and thank you for it and be very appreciative, won't we, Helen? Yes, we will. This week my coffee's been drunk out of a rather filthy Mr. <laughs> Osborne is a fanny mug. I must have been using that yesterday. I didn't realise I sluttered down a, a mug quite as much as I do. Like I thought I had a better control over drinking. Looks was <laughs> like, I need a straw for this. Yeah, this year,
0: famous Mr. Osborne is a fanny that you were trying to make look like graffiti, but it actually looks like it's written in blood. Yeah. It looks like uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show <laughs>
1: font. Yeah, you can buy that.
0: You can buy that. You can go
1: ahead and buy that. You won't.
0: But, but you, you can't, but you could. Yes. I'm drinking my coffee out of my massive mug that's better suited for tea because it's got like the wide rim. But
1: maybe that's what I need. Maybe that would stop slitting
0: You need one of those old fashioned mustache cups with the mustache guard on it. That's what you need.
1: This sounds very much like a sippy cup.
0: <laughs> Only for mustachioed men
1: <laughs> of a certain age, of a certain vintage. Yes. <laughs> I guess that's me then. And now sponsored by Helen. It's New Tubes.
0: Oh dire- no! Directed by Ridley Scott. Stop.
1: Stop because I haven't told you that if you want to buy us next week's coffee, you can go to Kofi.com slash the talk of the street. Now New Tubes.
0: Directed by Ridley Scott.
1: This is our section where we talk about what's new on our YouTube channel. There's the regular stuff. There's last week's podcast. There's last night's Corey in under four minutes. That's getting hard to do. In under four minutes mm, It's a Last challenge Last night's was Was very much a challenge Yay. And my three favourite clips From this week's episodes Our extra item Is another In the largely unpopular Corrie Life Story series This one is Martha Longhurst Only the second person To have died In Coronation Street If that tickles your fancy And let's face it Why wouldn't it? Right Head over to YouTube.com Slash the Talk Street Podcast Smash that subscribe button And order a nice Half pint of milk stout that notification bell and now this welcome 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 oh welcome to last year tonight with me john oliver just enough time to quickly talk about logjam central
0: logjam central does this have to do with the factory and not getting packages out in the time?
1: That's right. This was an interesting one. This was ITV Stefan taking a business call while being schmoozed by Dev. Something someone was doing somewhere wasn't moving quickly enough, thus causing logjam central. I was Gavin, and you are fully vaccinated, baby.
0: I was bitches. No. I, sh- I should schedule my uh my second um booster here pretty soon. Oh wait, I'm Is not that a over. Thing? F- yeah, I'm not over fifty though, so I can't. Never mind
1: We're getting boosted again Again
0: If you're over 50 Yeah
1: And if we're not Then we don't
0: Yeah If if we're not Then we're thrown to the wolves
1: <laughs> I was tempted by a new career In chasing down news stories With a video camera
0: You were very disappointed
1: you. In the Oscars Did you ever get round to watching The Father?
0: I still haven't watched The Father, Now It's on the list!
1: Sharn is dropping two second smile fades left and right this week as the murky reason for her unexpected return becomes clear. The Undertaker is unimpressed by Todd's method of doing business and relieves him of his funereal duties. Hope and Ruby have some questions for Alina before they're willing to accept her as their new step mummy. Seb apologises to Nina and learns how important her Victorian goth lifestyle is to her. ITV Corey and Asha take over the rent of the empty flat at Victoria Court and were introduced to his dad, ITV Stefan, and learn that the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Mm. Kevin Abbey become concerned when Tyrone expresses an interest in his new girlfriend being included on the Hindu, and join him at the top table of the wedding. In its eventful week for Peter who manages to buff the living room floor at number one, take residence in the flat above streetcars and get his mitts on a shiny new lover all before Monday's out. Mary empties speed stock. Steve washes his eyes. Nick is a liability and Kelly has dandruff. Our moment of the week was Steve walking in on Peter and Carla getting their hole in the floor.
0: <laughs> remember that. Funnily.
1: And our boring moment of the week was Ken constantly calling Carla. He
0: said getting getting their hole.
1: I say it most weeks. You do. So the, the me- <laughs> furore on Twitter is just you're basically outing yourself with somebody who doesn't listen to the podcast. Or who doesn't understand the word that I say.
0: (laughs) Or who just find it kind of a crass way of saying, had sex.
1: Making sweet, sweet love.
0: Making sweet, sweet love on the floor.
1: And that was Coronation Street and the talk of the street, this time last year. Shall we dive in, my dear? Yes, please. Now, our first storyline this morning is our last storyline this morning. So let's jump into story number two, which is the secrets of the Undertaker.
0: <laughs>
1: On Monday, at Eileen's she, Todd, and Sean are still suspicious of the Undertaker and his cat situation. Once again, he insists that Ridley the cat is too protective for Eileen to stay over, and she was in the cattery that time. Todd stayed over, so they remembered that. Remember, last week we were kind of worried about if we did Todd stay, did Todd not stay with him? Right. And I thought maybe Todd just stayed <coughs> in, in the, the funeral, funeral parlour. Yeah, Eileen refused to be second. To a cat
0: No
1: oh, Lots of cat stuff this week
0: yeah. so And I, Ridley stuff this week hmm.
1: Coincidence? I think not. Probably So Eileen and Sean go round to the Undertaker's house to find the cat or evidence of the cat Or evidence of a wife or evidence of a girlfriend And they go round the back to see if there's a cat flap
0: Or a boyfriend
1: Or a wife flap Or a girlfriend flap <laughs> oh.
0: Or a garden gnome
1: or a butt plug
0: <laughs> shaped hmm. as a garden gnome. I can remember. I'm sure those exist.
1: But while they're snooping around, to hear George come home singing the Sky Boat song for some reason. So they have to run off and hide. Now, Isn't
0: it because they were talking about musicals earlier?
1: Well, they were talking about in the Heights earlier.
0: No, is it in the Heights and uh, West Side Story? So I sing was a very song disappointed. I was yeah, I was very disappointed they didn't mention my favorite musical of last year, Tick, Tick, Boom. Oh well. West Side Story was great. It's Steven Spielberg one. And The Heights was okay.
1: Yeah, Sean wasn't taken by it. Yeah. Sean likes musicals.
0: <laughs> of course he does. He's gay. Right. All gay men are required to like musicals. Didn't you know this, Gav? It's in the handbook.
1: Armed with his brolly, The Undertaker finds Sean hiding in his shed. An irate Eileen leaps to his defense, sick to the back, fucking teeth, with this pish from The Undertaker. Where is this cat? And she calls him a liar. Dumps him again And then storms off with Sean Back home Todd is confused About this aggressive Possessive Lonely cat That the Undertaker Apparently has
0: They do exist
1: What do exist? Gnome butt plugs? Oh my god Yeah
0: (laughs) You knew they had to Right? That's
1: going to be A nightmare to clean
0: (laughs) All those nooks and crannies
1: Right Yeah, Todd is confused about this aggressive, possessive, lonely cat that The Undertaker apparently has Given that he doesn't have a third nipple or any far right tattoos He goes off to speak to him and get this sorted out Yes Todd finds Undertaker in the rovers And after some fairly aggressive probing the The Undertaker finally reveals that the problem is That he snores Really snores Like really, really snores Like you Oh, says Todd. That explains why you had the TV on all night that time that he stayed over. Because remember, he stayed over that Mm -hmm. time. He didn't stay at the funeral parlour. Right. They go back to Eileen's, the undertaker explains about his snoring issue and explains and tells tales of all the times that he's been kicked out of a house or had the police called him, or how his relationships have been ruined by his snoring. Eileen and Todd explain about sleep apnea masks. The undertaker doesn't want to be Darth Vader because he's the Mm -hmm. undertaker. I've been married to a serial killer. I think I can handle a bit of snoring, says Eileen. And she promises to help him find a cure.
0: And also, sleep apnea masks are a lot better these days. They're not like the whole full-on Darth Vader. You know, you just get these little teeny tiny things in your nose now. They're not nearly as invasive as they used to be.
1: So the Undertaker sadly agrees to spend the night with Eileen, sleeping in Jason's old pyjamas that might be just a little bit on the tight side.
0: Right, but they were always big on Jason, so they might work. They have an elastic waist.
1: There's no chance that those are fitting him. Knowing the size of Jason and knowing the size of The Undertaker. Well... He's like a foot and a half taller than them for a start.
0: The pants might fit.
1: So on Wednesday, Eileen's the Undertaker is making himself a very strong cup of coffee. He claims to have slept very well last night, but it doesn't seem it. Todd is surprised that he didn't hear a peep out of him over the noise of him having sex with his mum. Eileen can barely walk and she comes down the stairs. She had a wonderful kip too. If... You I know, know what, what I, I mean. mean. You don't snore at all, she says. The undertaker is yawning away in his hearse as he drives around the corner and parks outside the funeral parlour. And he decides to, well, I don't think he decides, he kind of falls asleep and then bangs his head on the right. steering wheel and the horn goes off and wakes him up. Then he has a wee peek in the back. And I think we all have a pretty clear idea of what's about to happen.
0: Yeah, which doesn't make any sense because he's parked right in front of the funeral parlor. Just go inside. (laughs) Yeah. Take his news on the couch.
1: Sure enough, later Todd jumps in the hearse because he's looking for the Undertaker. Can't find him. Says, oh, well, I guess I'll drive in the hearse then. And he's about to drive off when the Undertaker groans awake in the back like the walking dead. Todd demands to know what's going on here because apparently it isn't blatantly obvious enough. The Undertaker's new secret was to stay awake all night and stare at Eileen. Todd thinks this is creepy as fuck and thinks this is building a relationship, literally, on a bed of lies. Back home, the Undertaker and Eileen have been at it again. What with all the action they've been getting, they admit to each other that they're hot for each other or they find each other tolerable. (laughs) The Undertaker, though, admits that he didn't sleep well last night, so he'd like to go back to his own bed. But Eileen wants her hole again tonight, so that's that fucked.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And later, the Undertaker's made cocoa for the household, much to Mary's delight.
0: Yes, Sprinkles.
1: It put her to a lovely sleep last night and Mm. then zoom! She was awake next morning.
0: Yes. What did he put in that cocoa?
1: God knows. But as soon as she goes off to get a bath, he starts necking the energy drinks again and Mm -hmm. tells you, you're going to end up killing yourself. Yes. And I'm going to be the one responsible for your funeral.
0: Right. And that was hilarious because before, when Eileen was still mad at the undertaker, she said, if I die, you have to take me to a different undertaker. And he said... How could I do that when I work for The Undertaker? Right. That would be
1: awful. So so there we have it. The secret was that he snores. <sighs> it much of a secret, was it? rubbish. There secret. has to
0: be another secret. Doesn't there?
1: No, that seems to That's, be it.
0: There's got to be like a crazy ex-wife living in the attic or, you know, something. Doesn't there? Because we've had these hints that 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 the Undertaker's had some darkness in his past somewhere at some point, and had a falling out with his dad and and stuff.
1: I think the darkness in his past was that known butt plug.
0: Available on Amazon. <laughs>
1: Apparently so. You can buy that on Amazon now.
0: I I don't know. It's 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 called the ass midget. I think it's, it's the brand name for the garden gnome butt plug I'll share a link on Twitter later
1: that's fine <laughs> I don't think anyone's calling out for it well maybe they are, who knows
0: who knows, who knows, maybe
1: no, Well, no, that's not maybe
0: that's going to be your Father's Day present <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's all I need is another pain of mass.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, but i dish. pumpedish no.
1: so what do you think of it, well
0: it's a bit of a, a letdown That is a letdown but I'm glad they didn't break up.
1: Well, ish. They did.
0: But it didn't last even a whole day. No. I like, I like, uh, I like the fact that the the roomies and Todd get involved in all of this.
1: Yeah, it reminds you again of just how many people are living in that house.
0: <laughs> Far too many. And then you look at George's house, and it's like I move house. in with George. <laughs> <laughs> move in with george you don't even have to sleep in the same todd should still be living there as opposed to his mother's house why would you move back in your mother's house when george has all this room
1: yeah he's in a massive detached i think it was yes fully it detached is house.
0: fully detached it's a nice there, large garden
1: there's that or a, a two-bedroom terrace
0: and a shed with lots of interesting things in it
1: yeah, I'm, I don't know. This whole Eileen Undertaker on again, off again, on again, off again thing is. It was, it was very all, sweet. It's all that they seem to have.
0: It was very sweet to see Eileen kind of really let her guard down finally
1: mm-hmm.
0: in this. You know, that was really nice. Her saying, you know, this has been very hard for acknowledging how hard this has been for her, you know, instead of just putting that wall up again.
1: Yeah. I guess she does have trust issues, what with the whole serial killer thing.
0: Right, which she never mentions.
1: Is an Undertaker just a natural progression? (laughs) I guess so, in some way. What was really nice, and I think we've said this before, is the relationship that Todd and the Undertaker have together, especially when they're both in their Undertaker uniforms. Yes. They remind me an awful lot of Laurel and Hardy.
0: Yes, yes, (laughs) very much so.
1: And especially this week when Todd wasn't really that switched on or understanding. Mm-hmm. He was a little bit dense as to figuring all this stuff out. But they're both kind of as dumb as each other. Although one of them thinks that one of them's better. And that was always the joy about Laurel and Hardy was that they were both idiots. Right. But there was a kind of pecking order within the two of them. Correct. One was less so. And mm-hmm. that seemed to be what they were what they were doing uh, when they were in Nina's roles. Right. Working all this stuff out mm-hmm. There was a nice little dynamic Between the two of them
0: Yes Alright Alright
1: Our next little line this morning Is Tim's Bobby On Monday At number four Tim is still down in the dumps About his little general Sally says That they're just out of practice And Tim calls it the yips And tries to change the subject Fine Let's pretend this isn't happening Which it isn't Sally and chat In the community garden About Tim's lack of Joie de vivre And how he refuses To go to the doctor Pride should be one of The deadly sins Says Sally I think it's number one isn't it yeah I'll that was it meant at, as a joke was right? it
0: i don't think it was
1: well from sally's point of view from the writer's point of view i think it was a joke from yes. sally's point of view it wasn't
0: no yeah no but that's that's what i meant i think for the writers it was a joke that sally who thinks she's so smart and is so proud and right her intelligence doesn't know that pride is one of the seven deadly sins
1: yeah so she's going through the seven deadly sins and ends up on the seven deadly dwarfs by going bashful and sleepy is a deadly sin. And
0: the, or the seven t- deadly garden gnome butt plugs. Like maybe that's... Each
1: and every one of them's deadly.
0: Maybe that's what Tim needs.
1: I don't want to think about that too much. <laughs> Meanwhile, he goes off to Tracy's florist to get Sally some flowers and manages to pick up some, some half-price blooms. And it gets back Which the are flowers, very
0: pretty And massive So it still probably Costs quite a bit
1: And an apology For snapping at her She's vogling Little general problems And then goes off To find a vase For these beautiful half price flowers That you've given me She was funny In the beast show, Tim and Sally Are discussing Other storylines Of the week As they decide What to have for dinner And Sally Predictably Fancies a bit of sausage Back home Tim is evasive again When it's time for bed Sally's understanding But just wants to be held So it looks like The It looks like they go off For a bit of that On Wednesday at number 4 Tim is getting wired into his honeydew list Sally's initially impressed But thinks he has other things he could be working on Like now Sally is initially impressed But thinks that he has other things he could be working on right now Like his little general It affects her too Which she's made perfectly clear up to now She Mm -hmm. asks him to get help from Dr Gadda But he thinks he just needs some Tim time Not Trammy time Trammy time Trammy time is something that comes up later Mm. Tim has nipped out for a new drill
0: <clears throat> but not like that. But
1: Sally has had enough and packs her bags to go off ice skating again. Tim admits that he's freaking out, but books himself an appointment when he sees how upset Sally is. And at Dev's, he's on Tinder and he's swiping away like a motherfucker on that yeah, thing. Yeah, Dev. The ladies be tripping on Dev.
0: Dev's on Tinder. Look out, ladies.
1: He brags to Tim about how great he is at the sex and then takes a selfie and then has a wank. <laughs> Tim leaves his whipped cream on the table, makes his excuses, and leaves. I wasn't sure what the point of that was.
0: To make Tim feel...
1: Inadequate? Yeah. Oh, okay. But just before Sally heads off to learn how to ice skate better, Tim has phoned Gadass and cancelled his appointment already. And that's as far as we get with that.
0: I appreciate that the show is talking about how this sort of thing does affect both partners. Right. When when a man has problems of this nature, it it affects kind of the self esteem and the mental health of the woman partner as well. That that she will start to feel inadequate and unloved and like she's not doing her job Mm -hmm. properly in the relationship. You know, and I don't think that's I don't think that's something that's that's spoken about, frankly. About, about, about this sort of thing.
1: No, it's typically treated as a bit of a, a comedy, item. Right. No, nope, that's funny. Tim can't get it up. Isn't that hilarious?
0: Right, and like in um, in commercials and stuff, for, erectile dysfunction medication and stuff, it's, it's made out to be, this uh, uh,
1: cowboys, <laughs> getting back on the horse.
0: Well, yeah, or that it's just that this will, that solving your erectile dysfunction will enhance your love life more than it will... Or repair it. Right. Right. Yeah. And doesn't focus, and focuses very specifically just on the act or, you know, two people sitting in separate bathtubs and holding hands watching a sunset. <laughs> then, um, <laughs> then you know, then the fact that this is this is something that, can affect marriages Mm -hmm. and you know quite and can damage relationships in a way above and beyond the act itself so to
1: speak absolutely
0: so yeah kudos kudos for the sensitivity
1: well it needed something like that because otherwise it is Again, getting into a little bit of the, the repetitive nature that yeah. we were speaking about in the Eileen and the Undertaker storyline, right. where it's like, this is what we kind of fall back on right. with this couple when we've, we're trying to write a story seen, for them.
0: We've seen Sally walk down the stairs disappointed more than once in the past couple of months.
1: Yeah, and dressing up more than once in the last couple of months and right. stuff.
0: And trying to enhance things Yeah. on her end, and it just doesn't work. And they can't. And she can't blame Tim's mum on it anymore because
1: she's gone. Yeah, I reckon that probably did have something to do with it right. at, at the start, but. And again. Not so much now, obviously, when she's not there.
0: And again, you know, he did just have major heart surgery. I know the show likes to pretend that it wasn't, but it is.
1: Right. So. Yeah, within what, the last couple of months?
0: Right. So it's kind of reasonable that maybe not everything would work, or that he would be mentally blocked in some way of of worrying about his heart and overexerting his heart and maybe causing problems. Right. You know. And and again, like I mentioned last week, perhaps we're finally getting our first COVID story that Tim had undiagnosed COVID and right. everything because COVID does cause erectile dysfunction. So go get vaccinated.
1: That's our medical advice of the week. We don't have a jingle for that. No. We need to get a jingle for that. Yeah.
0: Our public service announcement.
1: Dev on Tinder, though.
0: It's, ama- it's shocking to me that he wasn't on Tinder already.
1: Yeah, but the downside of this was learning that him and Bernie aren't a thing anymore.
0: Well, we kind of knew that. Did we? Yeah. Yeah, because Bernie's not going to go out with a guy who called her all of those things again.
1: I thought they'd made up after that.
0: I think they are back to being. I think they they repaired their friendship, but decided they were better as just friends. I can't imagine Bernie saying, "No, I'm going to stay with somebody who treats me that way."
1: But I thought Asha and Adi had enough to say about him when he was going out with Bernie. To now he's going out with multiple different women in a week. Yes, yeah. I think they'd have something to say about that as well.
0: Well, they're busy with uh, two other storylines.
1: Two other storylines. So right. let's move on then to our next storyline this morning, which is Jacob's conciliatory cream horns. On oh. Monday, outside the florist, Tracy gets stuck into Jacob about being out of work. Jacob is amazed. Do you think people would be biting their hands off for a guy with a criminal record and no qualifications? He says,
0: "Isn't this the last story?" Yeah. Oh, you separated things out. I hate when you do this.
1: Well, there was too much that was not related until right to the end. There's been far too much jumping backwards and forwards. This is for the best. Trust me on this. Sure. Well, you have no choice. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, he has no qualifications. She's trying to find something at the job centre which she calls the joke shop. Yes. Mary thinks Jacob is a remarkable young man.
0: Yes, she does. Which is sweet. I like... Because Mary is like
1: she's not a good I, judge I, of character you're going to say she's a good judge of character but then she has a son for whom she is not a good judge of character. right
0: yes but we always have a blind side when it comes to our children she's not the only one on the show who has a blind side when it comes to their children as we know from things that happened this week right. but uh you know she's i was gonna say she's like a dog because if a dog trusts a person then that's a trustworthy person but i didn't want to compare mary to a
1: dog so jacob doesn't have a job guess what's going to happen
0: he's gonna go and deal drugs again because that's what happens on the street when nope. somebody involved with drugs drugs has disappointments in their lives they get back on the drugs
1: or amy goes to the factory and tries to get jacob a job who do i go to for references carla sharon bentley or pablo escobar <laughs> that's right because that's what jacob was See, says Amy, this is a fucking problem No one wants to forgive It's one chance, and then you're out
0: Right, right We forgive certain people, but not others right.
1: <laughs> And devs, Amy and Jacob are penny-pinching their groceries When Carla comes in and tells Jacob to turn up at the factory at 8.55 She hasn't forgiven him for what he's done But they'll try and find a use for him. Belter, says Jacob And then they get the expensive bickies On Wednesday at the factory, Toya is shocked to see Jacob is there He was five minutes early carla comes in and confirms this is all above board toya points out what he did to simon and leanne carla points out she doesn't answer to those people or to toya for that matter and toya does not like that one little bit
0: but she's right and i'm glad carla said this because Mm -hmm. this happens all the time that people get angry at her for things that she does in the decisions she makes in the factory
1: for being responsible for the economy of the entire street, more right. or less.
0: yes. And it's like, it's not your job to criticize me. I'm the boss here. And also, what goes on outside this factory, your bitter rivalries and things that go on outside this factory, you not liking somebody outside this factory, has no effect on whether or not they can do a job In the factory It's my factory Not your factory
1: Otherwise Nobody would employ Sean (laughs)
0: This is true Right
1: This is true So Toy Duck's out of work And goes to tell Leanne Who is furious But is quick to allow the subject To be changed To a different storyline Carla has taken Simon and Peter Out for a celebration meal At the bistro Nick has heard about the Jacob situation And stomps over to make his displeasure Known to paying guests What's this all about? Says everyone So Carla has to explain She tries to point out that Jacob was as much of a victim of Harvey's gang as anyone, but Simon decides to be an asshole about it and stomps off in a huff, accusing Carla of choosing a drug dealer over someone who robbed Audrey in broad daylight. (laughs) Pierre goes off to speak to Simon. Don't look at me, says Nick. This is your mess.
0: No, it's your mess that you... Because, yeah, you barged in here and thought it was your job to tell everybody about this. Go fuck yourself, Nick.
1: Right. God, he's either crying... With a garden gnome butt plug. (laughs) I think we've found this episode's through line. In the community garden, Simon is complaining to Kelly about Jacob. Why does everyone have a blind spot for him? I think he's quite nice, says Kelly, who remembers the time that Jacob saved her from a nasty drug dealer. So Simon goes off to prove everyone else wrong. Okay, says Kelly. Yeah, I was definitely right not to shag him. (laughs) That was a great okay. Yeah. okay Okay, then
0: she learned that from dev
1: (laughs) so simon who doesn't work at the factory goes into the factory and rather embarrassingly makes a scene telling everyone the truth about jacob who's a drug dealer and played wheels on the bus or something i am not happy about this he says
0: oh yeah he was mocking that was part of the whole mocking Leanne for oliver's death
1: see i remember him joining in on that or not doing anything to stop it
0: right yeah yeah, he ha- doesn't want to remember that part though
1: Having said his piece, Simon swaggers out Forgetting that jacob flattened him a couple of weeks ago Carla advises Jacob to keep his head down and go on with his work But Sean has already decided to, to sneer at Jacob
0: Wearing his South, North Korea sweater
1: <laughs> Later, Jacob has bought tasty treats for the Knicker people No one is interested until he makes an impassioned speech about making mistakes And trying to do the right thing and making Amy happy This is enough for cook He probably would have eaten something anyway Baby steps, says Carla And after work, Carla thinks Jacob did good But as soon as she's gone, Simon comes swaggering out of the shadows And reminds Jacob Jacob, of him being a bit nasty to Leanne a few months ago Simon really does have a beanie's bonnet about this whole the wheels on the bus thing He's just waiting for Jacob to slip up And then he barges by him and swaggers off And that's as far as we get with that so far Yes We will come back to this Yes But there we go, we've got Jacob getting a job
0: Carla has really benefited from spending so much time with Roy, I think. There's there's a touch of the the Roy morality in Carla at times that that really that really shines, you know. She initially is snarky and everything, but then she recognizes something that it seems like very few people on the street recognize. That everybody on that street has fucked up at least once,
1: right? Because she's no, she's no stranger to drama herself. So she's seen, she's seen all of this from her perspective and, right. and drama that's been at her door. Mm-hmm. But I think the difference is when it's not her drama and it's not her door. She's she's able to step back and be quite pragmatic about it, and and deal with the slings and arrows of right. the residents that this ends up attracting
0: and it's also seemingly the only member of amy's family that recognizes that what's good for jacob is good for amy you know she says i don't want my niece you know to be starving in a grotty bedsit because or working herself to death because nobody will give the guy she's dating a job right you know and nobody else in that family seems to recognize this it's all It's all Simon all the time, for some reason. oh, we have to we have to coddle Simon. We have to coddle the boy over the girl, which is unfortunately something that somebody else will say about Amy and another boy later on. Mm-hmm. Ah, which is just disappointing, but well, I'm glad ah. at least Carla, at least Carla, and I guess Kirk now,
1: <laughs> in his business suit. What was that like? you have a three piece suit on. It does.
0: It's because he's he's management now,
1: remember. Well I don't know if he's management, but he's he's additional factory consultant or something. But he'd had two breakfasts and he's had two lunches, but he'd made some room for his his chocolate clear. Yes. I think with the whole Amy thing at this point though is that nobody wants Jacob to succeed. Because Tracy wants Amy back. Right. So she no one's going out their way to help this because they don't want it to work. Right carla though is thinking about the present right and thinking about how important it is from amy's point of view given what she's been through as well and other storylines right that at least the taste of success and happiness is probably more most important to her right now than abject failure
0: yeah and P- and she seems to be the only one who realizes that by making jacob fail you make amy fail right by hurting jacob you hurt amy So that's not really the best way to get her back. If anything, that will push her further away. Mm -hmm. You know?
1: Why am I not buying Simon as a hard man?
0: Because he's not.
1: That's why, isn't it? It is. It needs more than a sneer, and it needs more than a a swagger. And we've already seen And it takes more
0: than him sneaking around corners and calling the police. Right. And...
1: He's a bit of a grass. He's a grass. And,
0: you know. Psst. Psst. Simon's
1: a grass. Pass on.
0: We've got our little ASMR going in again. ASMR. This year. ASMR. Garden Nova block. <laughs> uh, it just makes him seem like a whiny, petulant child. It's not doing that character any favors for him to be acting this way. No. And this continues when we talk further on about the storyline in Friday. There's more to say later. Yeah, he's just the worst. And ah, that makes me feel a bit sorry for the actor to have to keep acting this terrible character over and over and over again.
1: Nobody's worked out what age he is. (laughs) There's that too. Right? Because he's left school and we learn later that he's... It's just so weird seeing him having a pint in the rovers.
0: He's not in college.
1: Right, he's not doing anything. No. He says... Uh, he uh, doesn't uh, have a job. He says in, in this storyline that if I find something that pays more than minimum wage, he'll take people out for dinner. So where has been the... Uh, wh- I guess where has been the uh, the extension of, of civic duty from Carla to give Simon a job in the factory?
0: Because Simon's not asking for a job. Simon's not seeking a job. But surely
1: Peter would be doing that.
0: But, again, here's Jacob, who, if we're honest, we don't know his relationship with his parents. We don't really know very much about his upbringing. We assume that it's poor because we don't see any parents and we were introduced to him as this drug dealer Mm -hmm. and everything. Is is Simon just an, an object of his Now that Leanne has a job again, now that Leanne is working, is he just an object of privilege here on the street? Because, well, his dad's a cabbie, but his mom's making lots of money.
1: Yeah, she's making the Amy.
0: Right. So he doesn't have to work? Because you'd think that Leanne would maybe give him a job in the kitchen, chopping vegetables or something. You'd think somebody would give that kid a job. But the thing is, is he's not looking for one. He's not asking for one. He's Mm -hmm. just walking around being a grass and annoying.
1: Bumping into people.
0: Because he's not working for Dev anymore.
1: Oh, God, no. Yeah. That ship has sailed. That
0: ship has sailed a long time ago. And he hasn't looked for another job because now he doesn't have to. The only reason why he got a job is because his mother was depressed and not working. That's right. So what does this say about Simon... And other kids on the street versus Jacob. And and in a way, Kelly. Of the kids on the street. Kelly's at school and winning awards and uh, learning right. and, and being an apprentice. Mm-hmm. You know, and granted, some of those things were offered to her. She didn't ask for them. But she's worked. she's been working hard for them and working hard on trying to rehabilitate her image. Mm-hmm. Kelly and Jacob are the kindest kids. Kids on the street and the most industrious kids on the street, except for the Allahans, but the Allahans are only industrious because Dev forces it upon them.
1: Yeah, and that's a bit of privilege there as well. Yeah. That they're kind of walking into those roles. Right. Simon, though, is just shiftless. Yeah. And motiveless.
0: Yeah. His only his only motive, I guess, is to shag Kelly, but even that That's never happening. Even that, it's not like he's it's not like he's doing anything to make himself look good in her eyes.
1: Yeah. And let's move on then to our preparations for a wedding, so link. Really. On Wednesday Toya and Leanne are getting ready to go dress shopping for the wedding that's next week. But Toya's mind is elsewhere because who leaves it to next week?
0: Well, remember they just got re-back engaged. I guess. But but you'd think you'd think that that would have been in the works from uh, unless she canceled it? Maybe. Nah.
1: Toya's mind is elsewhere because it looks like Alfie will be getting home next week and she and Ran and the baby can start being a forever family together now that What's Her Name is gone.
0: Yeah, there's there's absolutely no pretense of we all, you know, we're, all three of us are going to be raising this baby. That, that's just fallen completely off now. Yeah,
1: we've forgotten about that. Oh, good, says Leanne. So Toya and Leanne have gone dress shopping and it's been too successful too quickly because she's found the dress the first uh, shop that she looked at. So they decide to have a boozy lunch instead. Leanne worries that things are moving too quickly with Imran and Alfie. It's all a bit like Susie all over again, she says. Rushing into adoption, rushing into taking Imran back, rushing to buy the dress, rushing to get married. She's moving so fast. Rushing to Ukraine. Oh, ho, ho. She's moving fast so that she doesn't have time to listen to her own doubts, says Leanne. And Toya, again, does not like the sound of this. no. They're,
0: they're such sisters,
1: aren't they? Oh yeah. Toya knows that Imran has made bad decisions, but she's chosen to forgive him. Leanne doesn't think Alfie is going to save their relationship, so Toya tells her to stay away from the wedding. You ain't invited anymore.
0: You ain't my bridesmaid no more.
1: On Friday, Toya and Imran are seen Alfie. Both are quite confident, cocky almost, that the case is going to go their way. Neither of them are in the mood much for their stag and hen do's, and Toya thinks again that it's best that Leanne stays away. Then Imran bumps into Zidane Zidane's back
0: Yay Remember we were just asking where he was Yeah.
1: Zidane invites Imran to evening prayers Because it's Ramadan Fuck that says Imran And invites Z to his stag do It'll be be after sundown So it'll be okay Just him and a few of the lads apparently Zidane has no intention of of attending No Oh well So at home Toya is dressed as a Christmas present
0: It's nice to see them you know, being nice to one another, though. Yeah. You know, after the whole uh, rana. Yeah.
1: Rana catastrophe. <laughs> at home, Toya's dressed as a Christmas present and ready to head out for a hen. I do, like her dress. Which is at the bistro, which seems off given the circumstances. And then Adam arrives with the sad news that the fancy dresses that they've delivered for their stag do were for kids. So that's that screwed.
0: <laughs> they're they're cowboy outfits. Which really disappointed me, because who doesn't want to see Imran in spats? And uh, those are not spats, because that's for, no, the the other thing. The Mafia shoes, isn't it? Right, yes, that's for the Mafia (laughs) shoes. I'm I'm thinking I should know this, because I'm related to cowboys. The the things over the, chaps, who doesn't want to see Imran in chaps? Particularly assless chaps.
1: hmm
0: let's all sit and think about that for a minute
1: when he was doing his wee dance later <laughs> oh we'll get to that
0: oh we'll get to that
1: so anyway anyway they're off to speed dial for curry and some non-alcoholic fun Irman goes to speak to Leanne at the bistro She's still sore about him hurting Toya And doesn't think he's right for her sister And doesn't even deserve a second chance Leanne thinks this will be a marriage of convenience So she can get Alfie But he insists that he loves her And he remembers the last time that they all went out together with Nick And Leanne was complaining about cancel culture Why couldn't people just disagree and move on? Apparently was her stance back then Can't she and Toya just disagree and be (laughs) friends? And this gives something for Leanne to think about as she walks away with her window squishy,
0: Right, and her Make America Great again bucket hat. (laughs) Because Leanne is against the cancel call. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. (laughs) I was like, when did this conversation even happen?
1: Right, I don't think it did. I didn't.
0: Leanne's against the cancel culture. Yeah. She just doesn't understand why she she both sides every every situation. She just doesn't understand why we can't just get along with Nazis yeah. and stuff.
1: Strangely <laughs> though, she is uh she's in favour of moving asylum seekers to Rwanda, but Oh god. But that's Leanne's for you. Toya's head night is Faye, Sarah and Sean
0: why (laughs) is it just people she works she works with she has no friends People she works with yeah because her only friend was abby wait see and here's the thing abby
1: was her project remember
0: right she's friends with with evelyn and, and nina because they go to protest rallies together and um
1: oh that's totally forgotten about
0: and Yeah, but she has more in common with Nina and Evelyn. She would be having more fun with Nina and Evelyn than Faye and Sean. I would have more fun with Evelyn and Nina than Faye and Sean.
1: Yeah. So Toya is regaling them with stories from classic Corey, while Leanne looks on disapprovingly. Eventually, though, Leanne and Toya make up. Leanne apologizing for her reaction, explaining that Imran was the one who made her change her mind. Toya now has her blessing. The wedding, we learn, is tomorrow. So if... Toyer's Henley is Faye, Sarah, and Sean. Imran Stagdo is Adam and Craig.
0: What? It's like the the legal side of the street. It's it's whoop, law whoop, it's, whoop, whoop. it's law and order, Coronation Street.
1: Well, Imran and Craig went running. So that means it's right, they're friends. And,
0: and they lived together.
1: Oh yeah, I guess. Yeah. Right.
0: Still. This is really sad. <sighs>
1: Craig is dressed like a Wild West sheriff.
0: Right, because of course Craig was able to find a cowboy outfit in his size,
1: and no one told him that the fancy dress was off. Meanwhile, Abby comes in to pick up her takeaway, and then gets a call from Elliot to know that uh, to let her know that Imran's money has run out, and so now he's abandoning her and her case. Have a nice day.
0: Which doesn't seem legal or ethical. Like right before, right before the right before the hearing, you should be. You should especially if. You've spent all this woman's money Getting to this point You should at least do this hearing and then quit I,
1: I, I don't think this is the first notice And Imran really should have withdrawn that money straight away Yeah Because he's paying for the the case against himself Right Which doesn't make any sense No In a film mood now Abby shouts at Imran that she's not going to stop fighting for Alfie It seems that the truth that they had Is now definitely off So Imran is called to a secret meeting outside With Toya he gets stick from the boy suggesting that he's whipped and that he jumps when Toya says so which is proved moments later when Toya demands that he dances for her and so Imran dances
0: <clears throat> who knows what sort of dance that is it, it was it, it a required, a dance it required some jumping mm-hmm. and moving his arms to music that's not sure. there who knows then sm- it's not Mary doing the floss no
1: then they smooch which is nice she thanks him for speaking to Leanne. She can't wait until it's just the two of them and Alfie Pooh, And of course, this is all overseen and overheard by Abby. And that's as far as we get with that this week. Yeah. See, there were on a thing there with the doing all this together, mm-hmm. which seemed to make the most sense and really requires no legal intervention at all. Right. <sighs> well, maybe for the custody thing, who has primary custody? But right. that's always going to go for for Imran at the moment right, given Abby's yeah, this, prior situation. Right,
0: as we pointed out the only way that Alfie doesn't go into care right now is if Imran has primary custody, right. but that having primary custody does not negate the parental rights of the other parent Correct, and Abby and the show kind of seem to act like that's what's going to happen is that she will have no parental rights If Imran has primary custody and that's not, that's not true, but it just, it seems like a lot of the legal processes of family court is in, is just lost on, on people generally like this whole Jason Sudeikis, Olivia Wilde thing. You know, people, people seem to think that Jason Sudeikis was, you know, purposefully had, Olivia Wilde served custody papers while she was on stage at CinemaCon and he has no say in that. You know, it's the process server that works for the court, not for Jason Sudeikis or his legal team. But anyway.
1: I I still think that Toya's up to something.
0: It does seem like she's gonna go through with this marriage and drunken Toya does seem to still love Imran.
1: That's true. That is true. I still think, though, that she's got a surprise up those uh, Christmas present wrapped sleeves of hers. Wasn't there something about... uh, No, because
0: it was sleeveless. Was it? Yeah. She was wearing a cardigan over it, remember? And they told her to take it off.
1: Off. Just the cardigan. Off. off.
0: Not not, that. And Sean was wearing a pink boa.
1: All right. Anyway. Let's move on to our uh, next storyline, which is A Thorny Encounter. At the mm. Bailey's, Aggie's preparing for her first day on the gastro ward because Aggie does everything at the hospital, apparently.
0: Well, she's, they do rotations. You're not always on the same... Nurses aren't, typically aren't on the same ward all the time. You do rotations.
1: Michael thinks gastro is about people's bum pipes. And he's right. And this seems like it's a temporary deal, but Aggie seems very agitated about it. Oh, <laughs> oh. Aggie has heard that the head of the department, a Mr. Thorne is a stickler and no one has a good word to say about him. Because his name is Thorn. Since when did did you even make up your mind because of gossip, says Ed, which gives Aggie some confidence. And so at the hospital when we meet Mr. Thorn, he introduces himself to Aggie, and he seems like a lovely man, and he's getting ready to retire, and he's brought in some fancy Peruvian coffee for the staff, and then he goes off on his rounds. Aggie's like, well now, isn't he a lovely man? And I'm like, yeah, I just said that. Yeah. Back home, Ed has made a pie. Aggie is wired out of her tits. And he's wearing
0: an apron, it's so cute.
1: Aggie is wired out of her tits and all that Peruvian coffee and Mr Thorne was a welcoming charmer apparently yes I'll need to keep an eye on you two says Ed and he goes off to his pie
0: you know our, our favourite doom and gloom man has already written an article saying that Aggie's going to cheat on Ed with Dr Thorne
1: well this is what I'm thinking well I'm not thinking that I'm thinking that Mr Thorne is a bit handsy
0: you mean Dr Thorne
1: no it's Mr because he's a consultant
0: oh See, that confuses the heck out of me. But anyway. Oh, I hadn't thought of that.
1: That's where I think this is going.
0: I hadn't thought of that. But you'd think that the nurses would be specific that that is the problem with him, that he's handsy.
1: You'd, I don't know.
0: You'd think nurses, of all people, would be honest with one another about which doctors and consultants to steer clear of, mm. as far as that's concerned.
1: Huh. Well, they've described somebody who's a stickler, and this man is definitely not that he's been bringing in coffee right from home I thought
0: that he was just that he was acting this way that he was acting kinder because he's retiring
1: then, then what's the point
0: I did th- yeah it <laughs> confuses me
1: yeah I think he's I think he's going to take a little I think he's going to take a little bit from the unwelcome shine to Aggie is where I think we're going with this No, but well, you might be right it might be it might be uh, requited who knows
0: I don't think think it's requited I don't don't think think it would ever be requited because Aggie loves Ed, I think we've firmly established that with the whole
1: Michael's paternity thing. Mm
0: thing
1: Yeah, well we'll see I guess in the weeks to come but it just seems like it's a strange it's a strange thing to do introduce this charming old man who's about to be retired off and therefore probably go out of the show then there has to be some reason for him right
0: Yeah, one would think, unless it's just about Aggie.
1: It just, it feels very timely to have that. I guess we've done it again.
0: Well, now with adult women instead of teenagers.
1: Right. Who knows?
0: Yes, because let's remember, soap operas are all about women's suffering (laughs) at the hands of men. Mm -hmm. Name one storyline where women don't suffer under the hands of men. At the moment? Yeah.
1: The Undertaker.
0: He lied to Eileen and Eileen thought that he was, she, she suffered, she suffered mentally over this with him not explaining that it's something rubbish like snoring.
1: Right. Tim's stuff we've already talked about, Sally being suffering, uh, suffering there. Jacob's uh, conciliatory cream horns is all about Amy, really.
0: Right. And I guess f- Leanne suffering at the hands of Jacob earlier. And also Carla being, you know, treated like shit for doing a kindness.
1: Uh, the toy on Leanne storyline. Yeah. This Toy and Abby. Yeah. Uh, and this is, would just be added to that.
0: Yeah. If that's the way this is going.
1: Yeah. Our <laughs> penultimate storyline this morning is Building Bridges with Alia and Yasmin. I thought there was an anti-female movement in this storyline.
0: Well, Yasmin was abused by her I mean it's all down to Yasmin's abuse in in the past and also Zidane taking advantage of her and trying to build bridges, but it's also an awful lot of what Yasmin's done, an awful lot of her motivation, and I think even now her motivation in the storyline is about is is based upon the suffering she has done in the past.
1: Fair enough On Friday at Speed Dial, Homeless Stu We were speaking about him last week as well
0: Yes He's back Yay
1: And Alia are chatting about Ramadan Which Stu knows is about families and forgiveness And he says this loud enough for Yasmin to overhear and shift uneasily in her seat Yes Because there was a Muslim guy in one of these boats Nice fella Alia wants to cook extra food for It's not Ramadan It's the Eid I think
0: Which is part of it
1: and donate to charity and the hungry in the area and homeless stew is keen to help and so is yasmin which secretly pleases alia
0: and homeless too.
1: and later yasmin stew and alia are trying to organize the event with yasmin taking on far too much work as pair absolutely alia has missed this teamwork and uh, yasmin has to admit that so does she but she's a bit she's a bit cautious about admitting.
0: right yes because whenever she has been open and loving in the past she is
1: harmed and Devs, Homeless Stu's been up flyers for the charity event thing. Zidane comes in and is upset because he wasn't told about this and didn't get an invite. Of course you weren't. Stew tells him to go and speak with Alia and Yasmin. And Zidane's like, well, I don't think they want to listen to me. So Homeless Stew says that He'll maybe have a word and lie and say that he offered to help. And that's as far as we get with that. This is just reminding us, basically, that they're not all getting on.
0: Right, yes. And we get to see Zidane and Homeless Stew. And yeah. we're happy about that and you know well it's 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 nice partially happy right. yes. and it's nice to see you know Homeless Stu really being becoming part of this team he's like the new Ryan I mean, although Ryan should be there should, did Ryan and Alia get back together?
1: no not fully
0: no they they were sort of moving towards that and then Ryan disappeared and then Alia disappeared and now they're both back sort of on the show mm-hmm. so hopefully they'll get back together again
1: Homeless Stu cannot get his feet under the table now he's not yes. he's not gone out of his way to be helpful and right and useful although in a way he is because ingratiate himself to them he's just trying to be helpful and part of the team just being a team player basically right right? yeah
0: because like the way he he takes that list off of yasmin and says right i'm gonna go make the flyers and he makes these lovely flyers those are fantastic flyers homeless stew who knew
1: creative homeless stew yes to print well, we, we,
0: we knew he was creative because he's a musician.
1: And there, that's all that really harmed in that. So I guess we'll be catching up with them next, next week. week.
0: It's nice that they're... I like that they don't forget that they have Muslim characters on the show. I like that they have incorporated Ramadan. And this isn't the first time Ramadan has been incorporated.
1: It's the first time I can remember hearing evening prayers being mentioned, though.
0: Yeah. But, I mean... When you think about it, they they didn't really. I don't remember them say, anybody on the show last week saying the word Easter. They said spring. They said holidays. Holiday. It's a bank holiday. It's a holiday weekend. Nobody said Easter. Nobody painted eggs. Billy, what didn't make a big deal about having Probably to shouldn't preach? The big deal of it. You know, they had the courts open on Good Friday which doesn't happen <laughs> you know so which is not which is not necessarily a criticism and in saying that if they're going to talk about ramadan they should talk about easter it's saying it's nice that they're talking about ramadan because it seems like the show really doesn't care about religious holidays no at all
1: no I don't care in the slightest no our final storyline this morning is max Legroom. <laughs> On Monday, oh Daniel is in the roles with Adam Talking about how Max is his Moriarty He's going in with Nicky to appeal the decision to suspend her Because people are going to listen to Daniel, of course Because he's just our trainee teacher, right? Adam is surprised that he carries that much clout as a trainee Fighting the corner for a TA He's further surprised when he learns that Nikki is moving in with Daniel Oh God, what are you doing, says Adam
0: You know how, you know, I never thought of it until now But it's kind of hilarious that Nikki is a TA Yeah C- considering her previous what employment, else, yeah. What else TNA stands for when it doesn't stand for Teachers Assistant?
1: Yeah. Tenzinaz, ass. ASMR. Daisy <laughs> goes to see Daniel, blog. who admits it was Max who spread the re- the, uh, the reveal about Nikki. He wants to make it up to her, but she reckons he showed his true colours the other night, and she wants nothing to do with him. What do I need to do? He asks. Do I need to grab you?
0: No don't grab women against their will don't touch anyone male or female without their consent daniel who just taught children all about consent
1: yeah money well spent by the local authority there no thank you says daisy you whiny prick Daniel and Nikki are back from Nikki's appeal. Seems it was as successful as you'd imagine. Shona comes along to apologise while Nikki gets a bit sanctimonious about being refused to help high school kids read just because she used to be a sex worker. She was there for one day. Any other time she was over, it was in the holidays, failing to organise that trip to Edinburgh that we're not hearing any more about. Maria introduces herself and offers her help in the capacity of a counsellor. Nice to see Maria getting a little bit sally there.
0: Right, yeah, and... And Shona rolling her eyes at no, it. You're not like, a councillor. Yes, I am. I am. I won the election. Didn't Nick, you vote? I'm sure Shona did not vote.
1: Nikki is sitting in the community garden, not blinking. When Max happens along, he asks her what she expected to happen, given she had that page online. So she has to explain to him how advertising works.
0: And how the internet works.
1: Daisy chases Max away. and Nikki says to Daisy that she's sorry Daniel blamed her, and Daisy is not impressed that she's apologising on his behalf. You got what you wanted, Daisy says. Back at the flat, Nikki isn't sure about moving in with Daniel anymore.
0: And Nikki correctly points out, I wanted to lose my job.
1: It's too complicated, but Daniel insists that they're still friends and she's still welcome to stay. In the rovers, Daisy is complaining to Rita and Jenny about Daniel. Should she forgive him, she asks. You forgave me, says Jenny. And according to their PR department, they're just mates. And if she leaves it any longer, Nikki will be moving in and then there really will be something going on. Rita thinks Daniel has nice hair. <laughs> now, Jenny's remark here is, no, you two should be together, but if you're not together, if you leave it too long, something's going to happen here. Uh-huh. I don't think that's a great line. No, but... You do something before someone else does. Yeah. Well, if something else is going to happen, then...
0: Maybe just let it happen.
1: Right. You want somebody to be with you because uh, they want to be with you, not because there's this other option that's that's been snubbed out, I guess. I don't know. It yeah. just seems weird.
0: I like that Rita is now, you know daisy's unofficial grand, you know that they have this yeah kind of family unit going on and i like the fact that daisy says to jenny when jenny said well you forgave me she's she points out we're family
1: yeah and i love you
0: you're right yeah
1: so nikki has packed all her stuff into the back of daniel's tiny hatchback and they're unloading it as daisy comes around the corner and sees what's going on Daniel remarkably says That can't
0: possibly be all of Nicky's life, can it?
1: Well, apparently Daniel remarkably says You can't have it both ways, Daisy You dumped me But she points out that she was hoping that he'd understand how badly he'd treated her She didn't expect her replacement to be wheeled in before Bertie got back from Ken's Or wherever the fuck he is at the moment Later Daniel comes into rovers to speak with Daisy Jenny refuses If you want to talk to her, give her a call Daniel points out that she's not answering his texts Take a hint says Jenny, mm-hmm. and Daniel storms off angrily.
0: Yes. How dare you deny me, woman?
1: Outside Daniels, Dickie and her assie are accosted by a journalist from the Weddy Gazette, interested in her escort, interested in her escort story, but maybe not entirely planning to tell it from her side of the thing.
0: Right, yeah. At first I was like, oh good, this this reporter's gonna talk about how she was unfairly treated. And then it's like, oh no, that's not the angle here. No, it's a The scandal. angle is how dare you think that you could teach women, you, you, you know, soiled woman
1: yeah.
0: of the night.
1: Harlot. Nikki tells her real lassie to cover her ears. That was funny.
0: Yeah.
1: Inside, Daniel isn't surprised at the Gazette, but doesn't think he carries any clout at the paper anymore like he ever did.
0: Right. He see. He, he seems to think he has clout at the school.
1: Mm-hmm. Being a training teacher
0: but not at the paper where, where he, worked, he doesn't work where where he worked for quite some time and in How other, he work there? It was and in other sto- yes but in other storylines whenever anybody asks him for help getting something in the gazette he jumps at it and is always able to call what's her name with the hair what's her name
1: one with hair
0: <laughs> with the brown hair and the middle the middle part
1: chris it's chris,
0: chris yes and then the other one with the with the foreign name.
1: I'm, I'm not playing this anymore. <laughs> Nikki, though, is worried that her family are going to catch one to this. And she suddenly changes tact and decides to go and speak to Daisy on Daniel's behalf, which already hasn't gone down well. Nikki and Daniel deserve each other, I decide. Yes. S- so Nikki goes to the rovers to speak with Daisy, saying that everyone has gone to great lengths to tell Daisy that Daniel is crazy for her. No one is standing in their way apart from you. And in a booth... Fizz's voice of the audience says that she can't believe that they're fighting over Daniel fucking Osborne. Then Nikki realises that the Gazette story is all online already and her family, who must sit and hit F5 on Gazette Online constantly, have already found out. Yeah, how... And Wynham lives in... Saskatchewan. Lidham St Anne's or somewhere. (laughs) It's not even Weatherfield. On the street, David sees Daniel with some co-op bags. So Daniel explains about Nikki moving in. Yeah, you like them damaged, says David. Daniel tries to make Max feel guilty While David appears to have An oddly non-progressive view About the whole situation
0: Right, yeah I wanted to punch David in the face this week
1: Max calls Nikki a liar This makes Daniel wonder why he's keeping Max's secret about Amy Maybe it's time for the truth to come out You'll get the jail, says David Either you tell her or I will, says Daniel And that shuts the pair of them up
0: Yeah, it's (laughs) And I was like what did you two think was going to happen? Right. Giving Daniel such a hard time about this. What did you think was going to happen?
1: Yeah, you, you play it very coolly when anything's happening with Daniel because he's, he's holding this thing over you. Right. And, and they seem uh, to forget. Well, it's mutual assured destruction because Daniel doesn't come, come out of this, as we, as we know, looking... Smelling of roses right. no. Looking very great But still If you push him far enough He's just as likely To push that button So on Wednesday Amy and Tracy Are having some creamy time At Nina's rolls But Amy's nose Is stuck on her phone And she finds some Distressing news And rushes off Nina advises Tracy To be worried That girl is seriously wired Says Nina says And she Nina. should know Right at number eight, Max wants to dog it from school to avoid hassle from Mr. Osborne, but David's having none of it. Max isn't about to tell Amy and thinks Daniel is bluffing anyway, so you can shove it up your arse. Right, right, up, up your, your arse. Ass. Outside, Nikki shouts into devs for her invisible child, while Daniel and Max eye each other suspiciously. Nikki wants Daniel to drop it. Why should I drop it? Because it's stuff that happened to me, says uh, Nikki. So Daniel agrees to let it go. At school... Amy accuses a young Tim Henman of spiking her drink. Tim Henman tells her that she's crazy, so Amy proves that she's not by throwing a drink over him.
0: A hot drink, by the way. <laughs> yeah. It's coffee. And no, he doesn't shout in pain or anything.
1: Well, the a jacket on. Yeah. Amy saw his socials bragging about the party being a dead loss or something, and he keeps on looking at her. That's her proof. Daniel comes out to break it up, and as Amy goes home, Daniel tells Max that this is all on them. So Daniel goes to speak to David and tells him that he's decided that he's going to tell Amy today and explains what went on later. He had no idea that Amy was struggling so much and neither did David. She's far more traumatised about thinking she was potentially getting raped than he'd thought. Daniel won't Men. be talked out of this. David says he wasn't going to try. Men. And then there's roles, Amy admits to Asha that she's been cyber-stalking all the boys in her year to figure out who stalked her and she's been, been doing it for weeks. She thinks she's been behaving like a psycho. Then in comes Max who finds a tough crowd with Asha, Amy and Nina. Nina tells him to leave. So Max just sits down and asks how Amy is. She's permanently scared, she says. She can hardly sleep and she has no self-confidence because someone she knows tried to drug her so they could rape her. And this Mr Someone is having a good laugh at her expense right now. Max apologises and tells him that he is Mr Someone. He explains though that it wasn't meant for her. He didn't want to hurt her. It was meant for Daniel but he didn't want to rape him either. He wanted to punish him, make him feel helpless. Amy calls him disgusting. You don't know the half of it, says Max, because Daniel knew all of this and has known for ages. Amy and I shall leave. Max takes a seat again because he'd stood up and no one listens to Nina and Max doesn't leave.
0: Right. So it's like you think, finally... Finally, Max has taken responsibility for his actions. Right. He finally recognizes that he's been the asshole all along and that his actions were bad. Right. But But, then you realize that he only thinks that his actions were bad when it comes to Amy and that trying to drug daniel was okay and also he still has to find a way to punish daniel
1: yeah because oh. daniel's the real villain in all this
0: yeah yeah not me not the one who drugged your drink daniel is the real villain well in all it this. all
1: goes back to daniel telling max that david was raped
0: right but he doesn't explain that part to these girls who apparently don't know about david getting raped
1: but that is already so far removed from the situation right. at the moment so and, much has happened since then and
0: david has already very explicitly told max you did not do this for me keep me out of your vendetta Yep. i am not you know i was upset initially but i was never this upset
1: mm-hmm.
0: i don't want daniel to be harmed for this
1: amy storms off to confront daniel on the street just as tracy arrives oh what the fuck's going on Amy explains that Max spiked her and Daniel knew and kept it quiet Well it's not as simple as that says Daniel He lies and says that he thought telling her would set her back He never thought that He never worried about that I don't think At least Max was honest says Amy and she storms off What the fuck is wrong with you says Tracy
0: And Andy also points out well I was going to tell you later on today
1: And Daniel is lucky to be alive Max goes home to tell David and Shona what happened And that he's already come clean with Amy David thinks that's probably for the best What now asks Max pray that she doesn't tell t- police says david at number one there's a barlow mcdonald powwow. ken is quick to blame max steve and tracy reckon daniel is the main shitbag in this everyone has put two and two together about max falling down the stairs tracy wants to cancel him steve points out amy has been suffering for weeks and daniel could have done something about it i'm off to get satisfaction satisfaction i tells you says steve
0: and they also briefly acknowledge the fact that they were not great parents because they didn't realize that amy was suffering right. They briefly, briefly acknowledged their part in all of this before, you know, Stuff. saying Daniel is the one to
1: blame. Right. So Steve goes off to confront Daniel in the street. "There's uncle of the year, says Steve. Amy nearly dies and Daniel uses it as a get out of jail free card. Yeah, it doesn't sound good when you put it like that. No, it's true. Stay away from my family, you piece of shit. Turns out Jacob is keen for satisfaction too and he's planning a spree of retribution but Amy tells him to stay by her side and not do anything stupid. He just wishes that she'd told him how she was feeling. Amy probably has her own plans to get her own back, one would have thought.
0: Right, yeah. And, and again, all of these people surrounding Amy did not realise that Amy, how Amy was feeling. Not one person.
1: Well, and, and neither because did we because we were complaining about it. Right, well... Well, she's got over this a bit too quick.
0: Well, we were complaining about people on the show thinking... That she'd gotten over this real quick. I think we were
1: complaining about the show forgetting about it.
0: And yeah. But I never thought that Amy realistically could have gotten over it that quick. I was complaining about the way the show wrote it. mm -hmm. Making it appear like all of this has been forgotten.
1: Yep. Ken goes to see Daniel but waits until he's at home. Ken is very disappointed. Keeping this secret was never his decision to make, says Ken. Especially as it meant that he chose his own niece over Max.
0: No, he chose Max over his own niece
1: well done for keeping up ken later max thinks that people are more upset with daniel than they are with him so he might just be getting away with this maybe but still give some thought to what you've done says david yeah but oops they've spoken too soon because then the old bill arrive and max is lifted for administrating a noxious substance which is against the law yes on friday david has been nasty to his mum, who's wearing enormous novelty cleaning gloves She's up to high door worrying about Max and thinks David has been too soft on him. He you admits think? that he's out of his depth and everyone blames the parents, says Gail. She should know after all. Yes. On the street, Daniel approaches Amy and tries to apologise. She tells him that he's dead to her, but he persists. Jacob steps in and tells him to fuck off, and Dino decides to make things better by having a go at Jacob. Then Simon appears out of a hole somewhere to wind Jacob up some more. (laughs) Oh, give it a fucking rest, says everyone. Yes. No one's interested in you, Simon. No. At the Barbers, David's had a bunch of cancellations from people who don't want their hair cut by the adoptive father of a boy who spiked Amy's drink.
0: Right, because apparently everybody knows about this already. Right.
1: Maria has no sympathy and Max isn't looking for any. He plans to respond to his critics, but David confiscates his phone so he can't and says, I'm just going to put this in our safe. Right. Right over here.
0: Yes. Max thinks it will make it all better if he explains to the world that he was trying to drug his male teacher and not a girl for sex.
1: Adam and Sarah, what's difficult to understand about that? Adam and Sarah are in This
0: will make it all better, says Max. Max
1: the the barber talking about his case And he is singularly not bothered In the slightest about uh, Any opinion that Adam has Adam is furious Max is just sick of saying sorry Adam thinks David taught him everything that he knows And hopes that they come down hard on him But not like that At home Max is still unrepentant And wants his phone back He tells David that he hates him And he's not even his real dad Closest you've got, says Gail Your mum would be appalled, says David And he too hopes that Max gets sent down
0: And but- he's not wrong
1: Later, Jacob knows that Simon is surveilling him and pretends to make a drug-related call arranging to leave a consignment of drugs at Viking Gardens. That's Ooh. going to be interesting. <coughs> but meanwhile, Max throws a brick through the door of the barbers and breaks in to get his phone back. In the barbers, Max successfully breaks into his safe with a pair of scissors. Not much of a safe then. No. Shona and David, meanwhile, are dressed and ready for court But when she goes to get Max, she discovers that he's not there. So Shona and David quickly call all of Max's friends, which in reality is each other. If they're late for this hearing, it's going to be a million times worse. So Simon follows Jacob to Vicky Gardens and digs up what he thinks Jacob has buried there. And it turns out to be custard creams. Simon is a wally and (laughs) looks to threaten Jacob with a trowel.
0: It's not, it's not even a trowel it's a rake it's like a tiny no, rake it's a, I would call no, that a trowel it's got trowel. three prongs a trowel is a shovel
1: yeah maybe <laughs> <coughs> see back at the barbers climbing out the broken window Max rips his leg open on the broken glass and collapses against the wall this was horrible
0: Wh- why why is he climbing out the window why doesn't
1: he just unlock the door from the inside
0: <laughs> yeah is he, is he worried he's going to trigger an alarm or something because you would think breaking a window would trigger an alarm, wouldn't right. you?
1: I thought that was what happened, but it wasn't.
0: No. No. Oh, well, you know what? We, I, I, I blinked and I missed it because you were talking about how Adam felt about all of this. We forgot to mention how Sarah feels about all of this. How she says, how dare you? This is going to ruin Max's life. Did you? Yeah. If he gets sent down, it'll be, it'll ruin his life. So once again, we have, you know, a woman choosing a boy's life over a girl's life. But anyway, we're yes. talking about the broken window now.
1: Yeah. oh seeing that.
0: Sarah is awful.
1: That was a, the sound of it tearing his leg, leg which yeah. is horrid. And, and then the amount of, of watch- blood that was pushing out of him.
0: Right. It's like it, it, it severed.
1: An artery. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Which, there is an artery there close to the groin, so it's believable.
1: Yeah, I'm looking at it thinking, you're fucked, pal. Yay. He shouts for help, but because of plot, there's no one in the street.
0: Right, yeah. The one time that there's
1: nobody in the street. (laughs) Meanwhile, Simon has thrown the little diggy thing away, realising how stupid he looks, and throws it down and storms off, and Jacob runs after him for some reason. And they both discover Max. So that's how these two things collide. Converge. Simon just wants to leave him alone.
0: Right, yeah. Says, oh, he's complaining about nothing. He's just whining. He makes everything such a drama.
1: Meanwhile, there's blood pushing out. It. Gushing
0: out of this leg.
1: <laughs> Jacob tries to help, puts his jacket on the wound, telling Simon to phone an ambulance. Hurry up, phone an ambulance. And begr- begrudgingly, Simon eventually does so.
0: Right, yeah, not initially.
1: No. <laughs> so Max is looking in pretty bad shape while Jacob keeps him talking while max turns blue tis only a flesh wound says jacob couldn't resist a little monty python joke there right yep as david runs down the street ahead of the approaching ambulance and
0: he puts his own jacket you know around it to try to stop the bleeding it's It's lovely
1: and that brings us on to this week's hard debate so given the choice which friday corey hot ticket event would you have attended a imran stag do b toyers hen do C, the back of Max's ambulance, or D, the custard cream burial.
0: The custard cream burial, of course.
1: Both Stagdu's and Hendu, well, the Hendu was at least joint with the back of Max's ambulance, but in last place was Imran's Stagdu with 6.3%, <laughs> Toyer's Hendu and the ambulance 13.8% each, and the custard cream burial 66.3%. Yes,
0: that is the correct answer.
1: A good choice by the audience. Yes. Max has rushed to hospital and is definitely in bad shape. David wants to know that everything's going to be okay while Shona backs him to let people do their jobs. Back on the street, Simon is feeling bad now while Jacob bemoans losing a 40 quid jacket. Simon is regretting being a total asshole earlier. He wanted Max to suffer. Jacob thinks revenge is overrated and tells Simon not to beat himself up like Chesney would do with a brick about this. But <laughs> Simon thinks his family would be ashamed <laughs> and he's right.
0: Yes, if they aren't already.
1: Jacob only knows about first aid because he did a course which simon finds hilarious until jacob reveals that his motivation for that was watching his best friend die after getting stabbed simon decides to start calling jacob a mate and they start talking about what it was like being harvey's property and how jacob only got out after harvey had been banged up which i don't think is true because harvey beat him up for trying to double cross him but anyway right yeah jacob is free of that life now and that's important but for the audience to remember right Later in the Rovers Jacob and Simon are joined by Amy Who is shocked to learn what happened to Max Simon and Jacob pass praise back and forth to each other Before agreeing that teamwork makes a dream work Boys are fucking stupid, says Amy Yes And she says to him Weren't the two of you at each other's throats earlier today? Yes And Jacob's like, well He's realised that I'm Mr Charisma And Amy laughs just very briefly Uh. But then looks kind of Either confused or upset about it
0: Hmm. Yeah. It, again, you know, as I mentioned earlier today, of the kids on the street, Kelly and Jacob are just—they seem like they seem like the best raised. When in reality, right? <laughs> they, they weren't. And Jacob, you know, even it—it it, it got to a point with all of that that it's just like Simon. Sh- Shut the fuck up. Because, you know, Jacob is trying to keep Max awake and engaged because he knows if he falls asleep, if he loses consciousness, it's game over. Right. And, um, you know, so he starts talking to him about a video game. He asks him first, do you play this video game? And Max says, yes, he plays that video game. Like what? Battleground? Something like that. So
1: something that the kids are playing so, these days. So
0: so Jacob starts to engage him about it and talk to him about it. And Simon says to him to shut up and stop talking like that 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 Max isn't a 10-year-old kid. And it's like how does that even what are what is the motivation for saying you're you're still just trying to make Jacob seem like the worst person in the world, as once again, he's right. attempting to save someone's life on the street.
1: Right.
0: You know, he's the one who's gonna get that sunshine award this year.
1: Sunshine award.
0: Because, you know, unlike Aggie, he's actually saved people's right. lives. Right. You know, and it's just like again, this is this is what I was talking about earlier. That it's just it must be very hard to play Simon because they just it seems like the writers go out of their way to make him the worst person in he the world. He knows nothing. He knows nothing. And when other people try to do the right thing, he's critical of them doing the right thing. Right. It's like, enough, enough. You don't have to go overboard on this.
1: Talking about going overboard, though, I thought Jacob was maybe going a little bit overgo- overboard trying to try to tell people that Simon did things that he didn't do because simon didn't help the situation as you said he kind of made it worse but jacob's very quick to try and i don't know glad hand simon a little bit and getting his good books a a little bit by passing this praise on i think he overdid it a little bit
0: yeah yeah but i think it's because of simon saying that if his family knew how he actually reacted yeah they would be ashamed of him so he's trying to you know he's trying to buck him up a little bit and you know he did he did call the ambulance and he did call david so I, he did one he did one right thing let's, of course call that, he had to be, let's call
1: that the bare minimum
0: yeah and he had to be forced to do it
1: back at the hospital the doctor comes out to tell david and shona that max is in pretty bad shape has lost a lot of blood and his heart is struggling and there's glass in the wound and that needs to be removed and he needs urgent surgery it's going to be okay though says david <laughs> you heard what i said right says the doctor <laughs> David is shocked to realise that Max might die, thinking that David doesn't love him, and that's how we end this week's episodes. He the, does
0: shout, "I love you!" as he as as Max is going in. So maybe Max heard.
1: The makeup on Max was yeah, pretty was, good. It was quite phenomenal. He was yeah. blue. Yes, he looked. He looked close like he was ready to, to go. Right. Yeah,
0: and you know, I like, I like that Max almost dying or maybe dying. Who knows? I like that that gave Jacob the opportunity to again, play hero and kind of mend fences with Simon. I'm I'm, I'm glad that that has happened because I was
1: just oh, so tired. Couldn't take another week. So Simon tired of like this that.
0: Simon vendetta. And with Simon being okay with Jacob now and Jacob being the hero of the story, Maybe other, maybe even more people. Because remember, it was Amy, it was him saving Amy's life that got Summer and Asha and Addie on side with Jacob and sort of got Jacob on side with Tracy and Steve. Yep. So, yeah, and and I'm hoping maybe...
1: How how many lives does Jacob have to to save save before everybody... Before people forgive him.
0: Because let's remember, Abby has saved an awful lot of lives on the street as well. Getting people out of that factory before it caved down and, and and she nearly got flattened by that wall. And also that time she kicked that door in to save somebody. And also that time that she saved somebody from a burning building or something. Who knows? And yet people still treat her like trash if if she ever, you know, trips.
1: I think you're substituting Navian in for some moments that she was nowhere near there. <laughs> anyway, anyway. <laughs> it was,
0: I was, I was overblowing it because. Oh, I,
1: I noticed.
0: Yeah. That was intentional. Uh, yeah. Anyway. So <laughs> that really wasn't intentional. It was yeah. intentional. <sighs> Garden <plug. laughs> So, you know, so I like it for that. I am frustrated that Max being near death has seemed to erase from David's mind that Max has done very bad things.
1: Continues to do very bad things. And continues
0: to do very bad things. I'm worried that if he recovers, people are going to forgive him. Amy's going to drop the charges and everything will be fine. Let's
1: hope not. Because Because he's done some really, really shoddy things here. And I'm not not sure whether he's done the bad thing because he wants to do the bad thing or if he just doesn't think. About it really his actions. It, I'm not sure which.
0: It really feels like he just has, th- that that part of his brain is missing because of the fact that he keeps, you know, going after Daniel no matter what. And, you know, and let's remember, the fact that he's almost dying is because he broke in to the salon to get his phone, yeah. which is a bad thing. Right. He broke that very expensive window.
1: It looked a nice window.
0: You know, and...
1: Frosted glass.
0: Right, yeah. It looked thick too. Mm-hmm. So is he going to and die? Then, and, then he, and then he didn't walk out the door. Is he going to die? I'm trying to think, is Max dying? Does that further along any of the storylines that Max is involved in? It, in my mind, it doesn't. However, Max recovering doesn't either. I, I can't see a way for him to recover because if he recovers, he needs to go to jail. And I'm worried that he might not go to jail because he almost died and that he'll still be a shitbag. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's great.
1: I think he's...
0: I think if he dies, I think that will have an effect on David. But I don't necessarily think that effect on David will be a... Will, I don't want to say it will. I have a feeling it wouldn't be good because, of course, it wouldn't be good because his son is dead but I'm concerned that it would make David feel guilt about all of this and that he should have.
1: Well, he's going to feel guilt either or. No, it's true. I I think, I think there, there used to be guarantees over, over this sort of thing for you, you know, that maybe, maybe not a guarantee, but maybe very unlikely to happen. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's very unlikely that Max dies. I don't think it's very likely, but I think, there is no precedent now to say one thing is more likely over the other given that we're almost a year gone Mm -hmm. since seb died and you'd think that seb's a young guy a good character ish Mm um was becoming a a a better better character character towards the end end. yeah and then you know he's gone are we saying then that they've changed max's character just to kill him off Maybe, maybe it needed, maybe needed an older actor to be able to carry these scenes a bit more convincingly. I don't know.
0: I wonder if, if, if that is the course they're taking, if they may be regretting the fact that that's the course they're taking now that he's been nominated for an award as best newcomer. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. I,
1: I I think, I think his life literally and his future on Coronation Street is in the balance here. I, I don't think there's anything, uh, anything set in stone that's going to say yeah you're not going to kill off a young kid and you're not going to kill off a a character that's just really joined with a new head i don't think that's really valid anymore i think i think i don't think we're quite game of thrones territory where every character is at risk but i think i I think think his character maybe is a a little bit dodgy i
0: think younger and newer characters i think are more at risk than say
1: legacy characters right, right yeah
0: and because he's he's obviously not a legacy character because he's still a kid, and the fact that they've already made it apparent that they have no problem switching heads for these younger characters. Mm-hmm.
1: I oh, well, don't know. I don't know. We it, will we will we'll wait see. and see. But yeah, it's. Uh...
0: It has been a while since we've had a death. When's the last death we had?
1: Oh <laughs> really? my god! Really.
0: I'm I quickly so forget sorry, Laura the Chin. I'm so sorry, Laura the Chin. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Two weeks ago. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I guess I was thinking more along the line, and then Johnny wasn't. Was it that
1: you just <laughs> forgot? It's fine. <laughs> You'll have to validate it. That oh well. was the week the Coronation Street. It was. What was your moment of the week?
0: Gosh, it's tough. It's tough. It's all kind of in the same storyline but it's tough is it amy amy's speech to max or is it jacob saving max's life theoretically and mending fences with simon in the process
1: i imagined that was i thought amy's speech to max was long overdue right and was I don't want to say it was the better for it Because I think I would have been a, a happier person If she'd been able to say this and get this off her chest Sooner Earlier But the way that that was delivered Do you want to hear how I'm doing? Here's how I'm doing yeah. You asked, well, here, here you go Here it is
0: Here you go And yeah. I thought
1: Max's reaction to it was was pretty was pretty great as well
0: Yeah, but on the other hand we, We've given it to impassioned speeches by Amy before
1: Yeah
0: And you know the way the way the way jacob handled that whole max situation was just really good and really well done and you know what i kind of hope i kind of hope that he goes into furthering his medical training you know and becomes something like an emt or something on the show the way kelly is becoming a hairdresser
1: gets agi fired.
0: no worked with aggie because it would be nice if he had yet another teaches
1: aggie which what she could have done to, to save to save robert
0: yeah you know it'd be nice if he had yet another mother figure in aggie who's let's be honest you know the greatest mother to boys on the show because her boys aren't breaking windows and smashing things and drugging people
1: i do know that <laughs> i'm gonna leave it up to you it's your call ah
0: and we give it to amy a lot
1: She's received the most moments of the week this year so far.
0: Yeah, so let's give it to Jacob saving Max's life because that's Jacob, Max, and and Simon getting some
1: uh, long overdue we're not, credit. We're not giving Simon a moment of the week. There. Well, Simon's he's, not.
0: He's part of that moment. He's part of that moment. He's not a great part of that moment, but he is part of that moment. So Jacob saving Max's life.
1: I'll write the tweet so I can be. I can be as you inclusive can cut otherwise. Simon out of the picture. But either way, that is our
0: moment
1: of, of the week a boring moment of the week <sighs> i really think it's the undertaker snoring
0: that whole storyline th-
1: th- that's that's the reason
0: <laughs> come on yeah you're a soap opera do better think,
1: right it's not the 1960s or 70s anymore we need a little bit more than snoring
0: right well maybe because maybe the snoring will open up maybe she'll get him finally to the doctors and we'll find out that he has cancer in his nose or something
1: <laughs> cancer of the nose probably or I he think. dies by sleep probably apnea a horrible he'll, thing.
0: he'll die in the middle of the night and i did like his reaction which when, sh- when he opens the shed in their shop and i did like uh, eileen and the undertaker making todd uncomfortable talking about sex yeah that was fun but still yeah george is snoring fine
1: for
0: a moment of the week. Yes, the other two who was also famously in a Harry Potter movie. Who knew? We should have known, shouldn't we have? Probably. I don't even remember that scene. I don't remember when.
1: It was from the last movie, I think, wasn't it? I haven't watched that as much as I've watched the other ones.
0: Yeah, probably.
1: I'll need to look out for him next time, though. Yeah, he's, uh, he's a giant. He's Hagrid's Bro- half brother, I think. Yeah,
0: he's. His- Big I can brother. see it
1: now. I can see it.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Good stuff. Anyway. If you were in Harry Potter and we should have known about it, <laughs> drop us a line. We're thetalkofthestreet at gmail.com. And we are at Corey Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can shout me and Helen a coffee by heading to kofi.com, that's ko-fi.com slash the talk of the street. Check out the clicky clicky section of Voggle.co.uk for links to our merch store and YouTube channel. And if you're so inclined, please leave a rating and a review on the iTunes or your podcast provider of choice. Thanks for making it to the end of another episode, and we will be back next week with more.
0: The Talk of the Street!
1: The Talk
0: of the Street! Cheerio!